thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not trying to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We're so glad you're joining us today for Jesus the Healer. And the Word is good. Yes. And God is good. Yes. And we're going to uh, receive of His goodness. Amen. 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 How many of you know His goodness has to be received? Yes. Well, we're receivers. Yes. We're, say that with me. I'm a receiver. I'm a receiver. Amen. Uh, on the previous episode, we started a particular direction and we're going to go that direction. And if I could say it and title it anything, I would have to say this, Jesus longs to heal. Oh. Yes. He longs he for us to receive the healing he's already provided. He longs for it. Yes. We don't want his longings unmet. Amen. Amen. Yes. So we need to, we need to be good at receiving yes. what he longs to work in our lives. Yes. Amen. Yes. We've been looking at Matthew chapter 20 and verse 30, and this is the Amplified Classic translation. So you might want to get your own device or Bible and follow along with us. And we say this, expect something yes. today. Yes. Don't just mindlessly yes. listen, but on purpose release your yes. faith yes. in the word you hear today. Yes. Amen. And it's uh, Matthew 20, verse 30. It reads, And behold, two blind men were, were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, Lord, have pity and mercy on us, you son of David. So we see this, that mercy is a flow of God's healing power. Yes. Amen. Amen. Healing power is a flow of God's mercy. Yes. And then it says in verse 31 that the crowds reproved them and told them to keep still, but they cried out all the more. So what do we see? Faith calls for something. Sure does. Faith isn't silent. Yes. The Bible knows nothing about a silent faith. Amen. And so it says, they cried out all the more, Lord, have pity and mercy on us, you son of David. Verse 32 is where we've stopped and been camping on. Mm -hmm. And Jesus stopped and called them and asked, what do you want me to do for you? Oh, I love that yeah. question. Oh, and I say, he doesn't just ask it for them. He asks for anyone with a need. Yes. What do you want me to do for you? Yes. It's not, it, he's not saying, uh, I don't know what you need. It was obvious uh -huh. to him these are blind men. Yes. It's obvious to someone that's looking on what their need is, but he's saying, what do you want me to do for you? Yes. What's your desire? Yes. Um, what do you expect? Right. Yes. People will say, well, just God's blessings. Mm. Well, he's blessed us with all, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That means he's blessed us with everything that heaven's enjoying right now. But... Uh, when it comes to receiving, we have to be specific. Yes. Because when people say, 
Well, I'm just generally believing, just believing in general. That's a sign that they're generally not believing much. When you are believing, you know exactly what you're going after. Let me say this. If you were to sell a home that you had, if you went to the real estate agent, you said, I want to sell my house. So what do you want to sell it for? Oh, generally, just, just generally a sale. You, they, can't even, they can't even drop a contract being general. We don't realize we are so specific in every arena of our life. What we put on that morning, we were specific. We didn't just say, well, I'll just generally wear everything. That means you're not going to be putting on anything. Right? You walk in your closet and you're, you're not, until you get specific, you can't even get dressed. Until you get specific, you can't even order food at a restaurant. Until you get specific, you can't even purchase something at a grocery store. Until you get specific, you can't go into any store that offers services and walk out with anything until you get specific. If you, uh, just to say, well, I'm just generally believing God is like taking a grocery cart and walking up and down the aisle and never putting anything in it. That's exactly what that's like. But yet when it comes to God, we're specific about how much money we have, how much money we'll spend, what we're ordering uh, at a restaurant, what we're putting on our body. We're specific about the words we say when we ask someone to do something for us. But when we get to God, we go general. Like, why did we do that? Well, he knows better than me. Well, he knows a lot better than all of us. But he can't meet our need based on what he knows. He meets our need based on what we, we know about what he's provided. Amen. So we need to be specific. Faith, the more faith we, the more skillful we are with our faith, the more specific we become. You get that? Now, let me say this. Sometimes we get specifics in ways we have no business being specific because we're trying to be specific with God's part and not just, we're, we can be specific with our part, but we can't be specific with God's part because his part is his business. Does that make sense to you? People will say, okay, I'm believing for a hundred dollars. Okay, good. You were specific that you are believing for a hundred dollars. And I'm going to believe that Sister, Sister Betty over here is going to give me $100. Well, you can't do that. You can't be specific like that because how, how God gets it to you and who he uses is his business. So we are specific with our part, but we have no business being specific with God's part. And that's where a lot of people try to get specific with God's part, telling him how he's going to do it, who he's going to use, and the calendar. Now, know this. I have had needs in my life that had a calendar date put on them. And every time I have need, had a need that there was a calendar date and I released my faith, I've always received that in, in time for that. Why? Because that is a genuine need. Not just the amount, but the time it's needed is a genuine need, right? Before services get disconnected or something, or before something is repossessed, there many times are calendar needs. But sometimes people put deadlines on God because they want to be more comfortable in their faith. 
they don't, but, but the Bible says through faith and patience, uh, yes. we inherit the promises. Yes. Meaning sometimes people will cast aside their faith if things don't work by a certain time. If there is a deadline put on you, God will meet that. But if you go to put deadlines on God, sometimes people are doing that because they don't want to believe past a certain time or over a certain time or... Um, if I could say it this way, they want to be comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? When you believe that God will take care of you, that God will meet that need, you don't have to, in fear, start clocking him. He'll meet it. He'll meet it. He'll meet it. Amen. So uh, many times people will step out of faith when they start putting the calendar. Yeah. Now, don't, don't misunderstand me. There are times that the Spirit of God will lead you to believe yeah. by a certain thing happening by a certain time. Uh-huh. Why is he doing that? Because sometimes people will be too passive. Right. Uh-huh. They'll be lax with their faith. Uh-huh. And they've been waiting for months and years for things to come to pass and think they're believing in the spirit of God in, in his tutoring of us and teaching and guiding us will say this year, this year, believe for such and such to happen this year. He will do that. Amen. But let me, let me explain it because I don't, I don't mean to make people confused or uncertain about what I'm talking about. When you have a need that must be met by a certain deadline, God will meet that. God will meet that. But for example, my husband and I, we built buildings. Um, When we have put a deadline, I want this built by such and such a date. Well, did God lead you to believe for that date? See, we need to be led. We need to be led. And what happens, what, if we start putting deadlines on that really, they're not required deadlines other than our preference. Uh, and then those deadlines get passed, people will start wavering in their faith. And many times they're not in faith, they're in impatience. That's why they put that deadline on it. Listen, God, God will do his side. Yes. Just let him do his side. Amen. You say, what is God's part? Our part is to believe. God's part is to perform it. Yes. Yes. And God will perform it. Yes. Yet there have been times that God has said to me, this year, such and such will take place. So when I confess it, I say this year. Yes. Why? Because I'm directed by him. Yes. Now, if, as I said, if a vendor has a deadline on a bill, a payment that you have to make, I can say by the end of this month, that money will be here. But for me in my impatience Mm -hmm. to put a deadline on it, uh, God's not training us in impatience. (laughs) Praise the Lord. It's like, have you ever heard people say this? I told God I would never be a pastor. And now they're pastor. (laughs) I told God I would never move back to that city. And they're now living in that city. Why? Because um, (laughs) sometimes we say never because our spirit knows something. Sometimes uh, it's almost like if we tell him what we won't do, he he's going to help us get past that rebellion. Come on, yeah, that's good. Yeah. So I've learned to not say never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
in the sense of telling God a preference of mine. I've just learned to not really have preferences. You know what? I just prefer what he directs me to do. Whatever, in in line with his will, I prefer that. I don't want to give myself something to overcome by setting a preference in place. And sometimes just a preference is not really a directive of the Holy Ghost. And when people put deadlines on certain things, uh, sometimes it's because it's their preference and not because God is leading them. And then sometimes the devil will use that. Well, he, God didn't meet my God didn't meet that date. Yeah, but you weren't in faith to set that date sometimes. But don't misunderstand me. There are some people who are are so unspecific that they never even arrive. Yeah. So you can get in the ditch on either side. You can get in the ditch on either side. What's that mean? Be led. Be led. And if you have a need that has a deadline that is put upon you, God is faithful. He'll meet that. Amen. But we're not authorized to put deadlines on God. Amen. Um, Meaning do this for me or I won't have confidence in you. If you don't do it by this date, you know. uh, No, I question, if something's not coming to pass, question self, don't question God. Amen. We've all had to learn. We have to learn that. We have to learn that. And so um, we see something that Jesus did, though, invite them to be specific about what do you want me to do for you? When it's regarding you, you can be specific and you should be specific because faith is specific. When it's regarding other people, you're going to have to have, you're going to have to know something about them, their permission. What are they believing for? Amen. But we're invited. Be specific. Um, I want us to read back two verses. Now we read there in Matthew chapter 20 and we started with verse 30 when reading about these blind men. But when we read this question that Jesus asked them, if we could just go back two previous verses, I want you to see how it reads. Matthew 20 verse 28. Just as the son, now this is Jesus speaking. He said, just as the Son of Man came not to be waited on, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many, the price paid to set them free. Now notice Jesus is saying, I didn't come to be waited on, I came to serve. If I look, when I looked up just the definition in the dictionary, For the definition serve, it means to provide with a regular or continuous supply of something. One definition of serve is to provide with a regular or continuous supply of something. Jesus came to provide a regular and a continuous flow of something. And he asks these men, what do you want me to do for you? Doesn't that sound like someone who's in the serving position? You go into a restaurant and a waiter or waitress sits down. I mean, you sit down and a waiter or waitress comes up to you after you sit down and says, what would you like to drink? Mm -hmm. Well, what are they doing? They're putting their ability to help you at your disposal. That's what serving is. And they're called servers. And Jesus said, I came to serve. He's put himself and all of his ability at our disposal. It's amazing. Amen. 
Uh, so Jesus came to provide that for us. So it's right for us to take personally what he asked of those, these blind men. What do you want me to do for you? It's right for us to take that and make that something he says to us too. Yeah. Because he already said two verses prior in verse 28 that he's our servant. Amen. He came to serve. Amen. Amen. So when Jesus says, I came to serve, what are we seeing? His longing. We are seeing the longing of Jesus to fulfill every need of mankind. So precious. That's why, the, listen, to be in the position of a servant is such an honorable role. We should all, and what, you know this, what, when, when really, what was it, James and John's mother asked of Jesus, promise when you come into your kingdom, my sons get the right and left seat, right, right, they get the chairs at the right and the left. And Jesus said, that's not mine to give. You're asking something that's out of my, out of what's my, my authority to give. But then he's correcting her. And he makes this statement. You want to be great in the kingdom of heaven? Be a servant. Those who are greatest are those who serve. It is such an honor to be able to serve other people's lives through allowing God to flow through us to serve their need. What about this, the honor of serving in a local church? My, my, my. Every believer needs to be part of a local church. Every believer needs to have a pastor to to, uh, walk in in the light of the New Testament. Uh When it tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, I believe it's in verse 25, and it's in the Amplified says, uh, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together, which is the habit of some people, is how the Amplified, which is the habit of some people. He's talking to, he's talking to his own sheep. Yeah. Don't forsake the assembling together. Why? Because not only if we're not, if we don't have a local church and we don't have a pastor that speaks in our life, our life is going to be missing the anointing of a pastor. Yeah. And there's, a, there, there's an anointing within a pastor that every sheep needs. But not only that, if, we, if we're not part of a local church, we're not serving the body of Christ to the fullest capacity we could be. Because how do we serve if we don't have a church family we're part of? But when we're part of a church family, we're able to serve in a greater way. Well, I serve and I'm a blessing to people on my job. That's good. That's right. We should, we should be a serve. We should be a servant all around us. But also the first and foremost is how do we treat the body? Our first role of serving should be toward his body. Amen. Amen. And so we serve that way. To serve one another is an honor. It's not a diminished role or a belittled place. It is a place of honor. It's the place Jesus took himself. He said, I came to serve. Amen. Look at this. The Holy Spirit is called a helper. The helper. Notice it's a serving position. He's helping us carry out the plan of God, fulfill the plan of God, the will of God, fulfilling what the body of Christ is to carry out on this earth. So the Holy Spirit is called a helper. 
It's a position worthy of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is, is, is a member of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Spirit is called the Helper, and Jesus called Himself the Servant. Mm. Worthy of the Godhead, meaning I'm not too far above. Serving is not beneath me. Amen. It's an honored flow. And Jesus says he came to serve. So we should be looking to help with our faith. We're helping serve other people's needs. That we join our faith with this. That's one way of serving. Amen. So we see this in Jesus saying that the longing he has to help people and to serve. Um, I want to, and I hope we have time to get to it all today. If not, we'll pick it up tomorrow. But um, I wanted to refer to something that's in one of Brother Hagen's books. Uh-huh. Kenneth e. Hagen has a book called I Believe in Visions. Yeah. If you don't have it, get it. Yeah. Um, because um, although he had these visions, um, they happened to him but they also happened for us. So just because they happened to him, they were limited to him, what is taught and what is learned. And um, he's so, he, uh, his life and ministry was so sound and so balanced that you're safe in following and reading the, his materials. But in there, there's a chapter and... Um, he talked about when his own wife, Brother Hagen's wife, in their younger years, she had a goiter and um, she needed to be operated on. But she had the sense. Now, he didn't find this out till later. She had the sense that if she, die, if she op- was operated on for that, she'd die. Yeah. She told that to her husband later. But Brother Hagen also had that same sense about her, that if she's operated on, she'll die. And um, so Brother Hagen, uh, and, and she was struggling with this goiter. It was interfering, of course, with her ability to, for daily life, the breathing, the swallowing. It was intruding into uh, other parts of her, of her life. And so Brother Hagen had been praying about this. And I want to read a portion of the book. It says, one night in Garland, Texas, um, he was conducting a service. After the service, he sits down and he's praying and he's sitting on the steps leading up to the platform. So Brother Hagen stated, and I quote, this is out of his book. At the close of my message one night, a spirit of prayer descended upon the congregation and we all gathered around the altar to pray. We prayed for quite some time and after a while, I got off my knees and sat on the steps leading up to the platform. I was sitting there with my eyes open, singing in other tongues as the spirit gave utterance when suddenly I saw Jesus standing about three feet in front of me. He said, I've come to answer your prayer. Now, doesn't that sound a lot like, what do you want me to do for you? He says, I've come to answer your prayer. Tell your wife to be operated on, for she will live and not die. Although I didn't mention it to my wife, I had felt all along that if she was operated on, she would die. She later told me she had known that for several years, that she would die when she was operated on for this goiter. 
But the Lord said to me, she will not, she, she will live and not die. Accord, then this is what Jesus said, according to the natural course of events, without divine intervention, she would have died. But I have heard your prayers. What was the intervention? His faith, inviting God to move and Jesus meeting that request. But Jesus said, but I have heard your prayers and have come to answer them. She shall live. Then Jesus said something that absolutely melted me and I've never been able to forget it. It blessed and helped me then and it still blesses me. He said this. He said, I did this son just because you asked me to. He said, you don't know how I long to do for my children if they would only ask me and believe me. Many times they beg, they cry, and they pray, but they're not believing. So I cannot answer their prayers unless they have faith because I cannot violate my word. But how often I long to help them if only they would let me, let me by taking me at my word and bringing me their problems, trusting me to undertake for them. Again, he said, tell your wife to be operated on for she will live and not die. Mm -hmm. And with those words, he disappeared. Even though the doctors were greatly concerned about my wife's condition, my wife and I had great joy through it all because we knew the outcome in advance. See, when you take time to hear, then the steps you take, you can be confident in. Faith is not a risk. Faith is not a risk because faith knows what it's believing. Um, faith requires revelation to work. Amen. Revelation of the word or revelation of what the spirit of God says to you specifically that's still in line with the word. But even so, when you take time to hear and know what is he saying to you about your specific need, you can be bold and you can, you can know your faith has no risk tied to it. It's certain. It's sure. So when Jesus asked these blind men, what do you want me to do for you? They could with certainty say that I received my sight. Yes. There was no risk in them exercising the faith for their, for their sight. No risk. Why? Because they'd heard from heaven. Yes. Amen. 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 Well, there's so much to learn. I read that portion, but on the upcoming episodes, I'm going to break it down and teach it. So you don't want to miss the upcoming episodes because there's so much loaded in this. And we want to know it's not just a truth for Brother Hagen. It's a truth for us too. Amen. And know this until we see you next time. Remember, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In this classic book by Nancy Dufresne, The Healer Divine, we are presented with a study of the healings of Jesus. Your faith will be stirred to believe and act as the healed God has already made you to be. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. We invite you to join us for our annual camp meeting here at World Harvest Church in Marietta, California. Speakers include Nancy Dufresne, Jesse Duplantis, 
Jerry Savelle, and Bill Winston. For more information, please visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.